right <clears throat> into the word of God tonight. We're going, trust you have your Bibles, trust you have your Bibles. Uh, we're going to the book of Second Kings, Second Kings, the sixth chapter, Second Kings, the sixth chapter. And we're going to begin reading at verse number one, Second Kings, the sixth chapter, verse number one. That's what we're going to be for our Bible study. So keep your Bibles. We're just going to kind of just go through here a very familiar passage of scripture, very familiar story. <clears throat> but let's see what the Lord would have to say to us through his word tonight. Second Kings, the sixth chapter, beginning at verse Number one, you will find written there these words. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. In other words, it's too small for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, go ye. Verse three, and one said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water and he cried and said, alas, master, for it was bald. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither and the iron did swim. Verse number seven, therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. That's all we're going to read. <clears throat> now, of course, uh, that the first seven verses of the sixth chapter of Second Kings, uh, most of us, we like to deal with it. Even when I preach it and teach it, we normally focus on the miracle of the floating axe head. <laughs> <clears throat> the miracle of, of the floating axe head. But tonight, I don't want to so much talk about the axe head floating. I mean, we know it was a miracle because iron don't float, okay? Iron automatically goes down deep into the water. So it was a miracle that the iron did float. <clears throat> but that's not what we're going to focus on tonight. What I want to focus on tonight, I want to talk about is how to recover the cutting edge, how to recover the cutting edge. I want to talk to us tonight because uh, 2020, of course, you know, was a terrible year and it has kept us from being able to fellowship. It has kept us from being able to really do uh, ministry uh, like we desire to do it. It has um, really... I thank God for you all, St. Luke. I thank God for your faith and you have remained strong. But many people have become discouraged. They have um, 
Some have even given up. <laughs> Some have given up. They've thrown in the towel. Um, they lost their cutting edge. And because of the pandemic, you know, uh, if we're not careful and this thing keep lasting, if it lasted longer and longer, I mean, y'all know you can lose your cutting edge and don't know that you lost it. Yeah, you can lose it and don't know that you lost it. And so I want to deal tonight with how to recover the cutting edge, because I believe that God can still use us right where we are. God can still work miracles right where we are. And I'm glad that we're seeing God work miracles. We're seeing God heal. We're seeing God deliver. Okay. But perhaps maybe there may be somebody this lesson may encourage you, amen, to, to let you know that uh, you haven't uh, lost the cutting edge. All right. And so the school of the prophets, when you look at this text, the school of the prophet they had grown to the point that they needed to provide new facilities. You have to remember back in Elijah days, and I guess it would be the same thing as seminaries for our day, but they, they had a such thing as a school of the prophets. And as you can see with the picture that I have up here, that, you know, that, that their little dormitory became kind of small. They didn't have modern schools like we have that was with air condition and windows and comfortable seats and, and 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 and, and uh, computers and iPads, they just—it was almost like a hut, just about. And so their their facilities became too small. Okay, and so as they are in the process of cutting down trees to build their new home, one of the prophets loses his axe head in the Jordan River. So he's cutting the tree. And he loses his axe head. I wanted you to see that. See that picture? I mean, he was doing a great job. He just about had that tree done. That tree was getting ready to come down. But if you notice now, the axe head is in the water. And all he has is the handle. And I think you all would agree with me tonight that it's not much more he could get done with just that handle. The power was in the axe head. Don't miss that. The power was in the axe head. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much in the swing, because fact of the matter is, he could have continued swinging. So the power wasn't in the swing. The power was actually in the axe head. All right, that, that that's what made it effective. But now the axe head is in is in the Jordan River. And so this prophet, he becomes distraught. He becomes distraught. Okay. Um, because the axe head was bald. I don't want you all to miss that point. It wasn't even his axe head. It wasn't even his axe. Have you ever have you ever bawled something from somebody and um, you don't have to answer? Uh, and and you broke it, or I never will forget. I I, I bought my brother-in-law's truck uh, one Saturday, and I didn't notice when I bought the truck that there was a crack in the windshield on the passenger side. I didn't notice that, so I had used this truck all day, and then I noticed when I got ready to take the truck back to him, I noticed the crack, and I said, "Oh my God, I done cracked." My brother-in-law's windshield. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And so I was already had prepared my speech. 
And I was just going to tell him that, you know, just take it and then get it, get it replaced and I'll pay for it. And so when I drove up and I, I, I backed the truck up, parked it and gave him the keys, I said, hey, man, I need to show you something. I said, I didn't notice this until today. I said, um, the windshield got cracked. And thanks be to God, he said, no, 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 no. You didn't crack that. That was already there. It was just a feeling of borrowing his truck and then having to return it, um, having to return it with a cracked windshield. That's why I don't like to borrow things from people. Uh, I'm going to move on, but my grandfather had a way that he didn't loan out his tools. He didn't loan out his tools and how he would keep people from asking what he'd do would he buy a brand new shovel. I told you this before, and he would put tape all over the shovel. And by putting tape on the shovel, people would think that the shovel was already broken. And so they wouldn't ask him whether or not they could borrow it or not. And so this prophet, he's, he's, he's working. He's distraught now because... The axe was bald. And so notice what he does. He cries out to Elijah and the great prophet, Elijah, he performs a miracle and the axe head floats to the surface and the man puts out his hand and picks it up. That's the just of the miracle. Now, 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 lest we be too harsh on this poor man who lost the axe head. Let's remember that he is engaged in a great work. He's engaged in a great work. <clears throat> so what does that tell us? What that tell us is we can be engaged in a great work and still lose our power. <laughs> All right. It ain't the work that empowers you. Okay, he was doing a great work. He was doing what everybody else was doing. He was lifting the load. He was assisting in building a new dormitory for the school of the prophets. Fact of the matter is, I would go to say he's busy. He's busy. Okay, yet watch this. If there is a flaw in his activity, it is found in this: is that he was working, but was not watching. I don't want you to miss that. He was working, but was not watching. He was so involved in the work until I'm quite sure that axe head kind of became loose before it fell off. Anybody that do any type of gardening, you, you know, sometimes with the pick, sometimes the head of the pick gets loose. And what we would do is when the, when the pick got loose, we drive two nails <laughs> in between the wood and the and the metal, and that would tighten up the pit, the, the, the pick. So we knew when it was becoming loose. And so his only flaw is that he was working, but he wasn't watching. And, and that's a good lesson for us tonight because sometimes we could get so involved in the work. And that's why scripture says you better watch and pray. Okay? Because sometimes we get so involved in the work until until we could be losing our cutting edge and don't even know it because we're involved with the work. And so as a consequence, he lost the axe head and was unable to continue to work. He lost 
the cutting edge. And so we may look at this story and wonder if there's anything here in this text for the modern church, for where we are right now. And uh, I believe, I believe there's plenty here for us to learn. Okay, you see the axe head represents the power to get the job done. The axe head represents the power to get the job done. No man can chop down trees by swinging at the tree with an axe handle. Okay, it takes the sharp, biting power of the axe head to eat through the wood that causes the tree to fall. And so in the church, I think you would agree with me that we need to realize that without our cutting edge, that is the power of the Holy Ghost, we will never be able to serve the Lord properly. Nor will we be able to make a dent in this world. We need God and his power to get the job done for his glory. Sadly, sadly, sad to say, the modern church, and seem like we're living in a day and time now where the church has become so tied to its traditions and its programs that for the most part, the cutting edge has been lost. Okay, and as a result, as a result, there's no power in the church. There's no power in the lives of the saints. Okay? But I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to get the cutting edge back. <laughs> okay? Uh, uh, most of what we do in the church can be done without the agency or the power of the Holy Spirit, especially when we make up our own programs and do it our way. Okay? And 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 so and so we we're so good at what we do that oftentimes we can operate in the power of the flesh, and you got to be careful when you operate in the power of the flesh because then you won't notice the absence of God. <laughs> okay, no matter how good we get at what we do, my prayer is God, I want you present in what I do. Okay, because the only way that we can become effective for God is we must have the power of God working in our lives. Somebody say amen. And so while we operate the church and our programs and our lives apart from God, we will never make inroads into the world apart from the power of God. We need the power of God. So as we take a few minutes, however minutes that might be, all right, to look at this text, all right, and see how we can apply this to our lives today. How many of you know that God will help us to recover the cutting edge? It ain't over. The devil tried to tell y'all it was over. It's not over. God is going to help us to recover the cutting edge. And you know what? This passage of scripture really tells us how. All right. That's what we're going to notice tonight. We're going to notice the steps involved in recovering the cutting edge. Here are the steps. 
Here are the steps tonight in recovering our cutting edge. Here are the steps. Number one, it involves concern. Number two, it involves confession. That's in verse five. Number three, it involves comprehension. I'm going to leave that up for, for a few so that you all can get it. It involves concern. It involves confession. And it involves comprehension. Also, it involves coming back. That's verse six. Also in verse six, it involves confrontation. And then last but not least, in verse seven, it involves commitment. Let's look at number our first one. It involves concern. It involves concern. And as you see these bullet points that I have up here tonight, if the Holy Ghost hits you and inspire you and you want to say something in regards to the bullet points, just, just raise your hand or, or just unmute yourself. All right? So let's go through this. It involves concern. As soon as this man feels the axe head fly off, he cries out in despair. <laughs> okay? He knows, this man knows that he cannot continue what he is doing until he recovers the axe head. Okay? So as soon as it falls off, flies off, he goes to Elijah. And then look at the next point. The first step in recovering the power of the spirit is coming to the place where we know we do not have it. You got to come to the place where you know that the power of God is not working in your life. Okay? A lot of people are trying to live for God and to do his work, as I said, in the power of the flesh. And, and, and they don't even realize he's nowhere around. <laughs> okay? When you look at uh, 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 one of the churches that's listed in the third chapter of the book of Revelations, the church of Laodicea, that was their problem. Revelations, the third chapter, verses 14 through 20. That was their problem. Okay? They thought they were doing ministry. <laughs> they thought that they had it going on. They thought that everything was all right. Let, 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 me, let, me, let, 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 let me tell you something about this church real quick. It, it says, and, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, 
These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Listen what he said to them. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. And he said, I would thou would be cold or hot. In other words, in other, he says, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, I, 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 I don't know about you all, but when I drink coffee, I don't want lukewarm coffee. I want my coffee to be hot. When I want a, a, a glass of cold water, I don't want lukewarm water. Okay? And, and that's the same thing that Jesus was saying, and he's still saying, <laughs> That he's not going to tolerate lukewarmness. Okay? And, and, and so the first step in recovering the power of the Spirit is coming to the place where we know that we do not have it, that, is, that he is not working in our lives. And then the next point. I wonder whether we care enough to search our hearts, our lives, and the life of our church and discover whether or not what we are doing is of man or of the spirit. Sometimes you have to just take inventory. Are we concerned about the presence and power of God being in the midst now, of his church, but I'm going to say our church. <laughs> and somebody said, well, Pastor, we're not meeting right now. How many of you all know the power of God can move virtually? Come on, y'all stick with me here. Uh, there's many miracles uh, uh, that Jesus performed. He just spoke the word. Some folk he healed and never touched them. You remember the one that came to him and said, if you just if you just speak the word, you you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word. And so what I want us what I want us to understand is when we get our cutting edge back. <laughs> yeah, when we get our cutting edge back, God will move virtually. Someone just say, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I, I, I could tell Sister Fincher, I said, Sister Fincher, stretch your hand out and touch the pastor's hand. <laughs> Come on here, somebody, because the power of God, that's just how st strong it is. Huh? We always, you know, we like to, you know, say where where two or three gather together, touching and agreeing on the same thing. He He's in the midst. Did y'all not know that the spirit of the Lord is in us? When we show up at church, when we show up virtually, <laughs> then he shows up. Why? Because he's inside of us. Okay. 
not, 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 I, I, I'm not talking about just, just his mere presence. I'm talking about his manifest presence. Did y'all not know that there's a difference? Some of y'all might not be able to see me. You might want to see me. You might want to see me in my green screen. I don't know. Come on here. And then some of y'all like that background better. Praise the Lord. Watch it here. Watch it. I don't want just his mere presence. I want his manifest presence. In other words, when he shows up, I want him to show out. (laughs) I don't want you to come to my birthday party and just sit. I want you to come and sing happy birthday. (laughs) So I want God to be in our presence, and then I want him to manifest himself. Okay? But guess what? Where God not only shows up, but when he shows up, God will show out. And so my brothers and my sisters, I'm wondering, do we want it? Let me say it this way. How bad do we want it? (laughs) How bad do we want the our cutting edge back. And then the next point is, may the Lord help us to settle for nothing less that the best God can give us. Let's not settle. Don't settle for nothing less. You ought to want God's very best and don't settle for less. And so, Number one, it involves concern. We must be concerned. Then, number two, it involves confession. It involves confession. Notice, notice in verse five. Notice in verse five. When this man realized that the axe head was gone, he did what? He immediately told Elijah what had happened. He confessed the fact that he had lost the cutting edge. By admitting that the axe head was gone, he was also admitting to the fact that it had become loose and he had not bothered to tighten it. Maybe God need to tighten us up. Okay. I, I, I think one of the hardest things for any of us to do is to admit lack. I really do. <laughs> That's one of the hardest things to admit. To admit lack. We want everybody to think that we are on the top all the time. That we don't need nothing and that, and that we're in control. Where where are the honest hearts tonight that will cry out and say, I just don't have the fire I used to have? Where, Where are the honest hearts that will say, I am not as close to the Lord as I used to be? Where are the honest hearts that say, I need the power of God operating through me to get the job done? 
What we need are honest hearts that will tell the truth about our condition. <laughs> come on here. We, we, we just need to come clean and tell the Lord, tell him the truth about where we are. Have a talk with him. He already knows, but he wants us to know as well. We need to relearn the path to the altar. We need his power. We need his presence in our midst. But how many of y'all know there's a price that has to be paid? All right. Part of that price is confessing our lack of power. We have to confess it. And then notice, notice something else. Before we will ever recover the cutting edge. Now let's go to point two. After we discover that we are lacking something, we must come to the place where we can admit that lack to the Lord and to one another. We got to get to that place. And then before we will ever recover the cutting edge as individuals and as a church, we must first come to the place where we can honestly admit that we cannot do it, but God can. Sometimes we just have to get to the point, saints, where we just have to admit, I, I can't do it. I need God's help. We must find that place of total and absolute dependence upon God and his power. That, that, that's the reason why some of you all are afraid to step out. You're afraid to volunteer. You know why? Because you know what you can't do. But I mean, you know, when you're doing the things of God, it's not about what you can do. It's about the power of God working in you. When we learn to get out of this flesh, <laughs> And say, God, I believe you. God, I trust you. We've been trying to get some more Bible discovery teachers on Sunday. You don't have to be no scholar. Well, I can't quite do it like Dr. Laurie and Dr. Howdo. They put all them PowerPoints presentation together, and I don't even know how to turn my computer on. Nobody cares nothing about those PowerPoints. We appreciate them. But everybody have different methods and ways of learning. Some people like to, to, to read the PowerPoints and some people like for you to just talk to them. Some people don't like looking at you, so they don't they turn you off. Okay, some people don't like you looking at them. That's why all these cameras are off tonight. Come on here, somebody. But we got to get past that and understand this thing is not about me. It's not about me. I was watching a video of a lady... Uh, that was singing. In fact, the matter is, she just uh, transitioned into heaven. One of the Pace sisters, you know, they're, they're a great family that sings. And she transitioned into glory. And I was just looking at one of her old videos. And she was up singing, and boy, the anointing of God got on her. And she said, It's hot up in this place. I can't serve God. She pulled her wig off. She said, Lord, it's just hot. I can't serve God. She kept on singing and kept on singing, and it got good to her. 
And then she said, honey, I'm looking at you and these fake eyelashes got me seeing double. And she put her eyelashes on. <laughs> she did. It's on the video. She said, I want to be free. She said, I only put that stuff on for my manager. She said, but I feel the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, when you feel the Holy Ghost, you care less what you look like. Huh? As long as the power of God is working in you. 2021, I want to encourage all of you all, get out of yourself. Forget about your insufficiencies. It's not about you. God has chosen the things that are weak to confound those that are strong. Okay, God works the opposite. Okay, but you have to make sure it's the power of God that's working through you. Okay? And so he, 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 he had to confess. Somebody need to confess tonight. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about beside our sins that we confess to the Lord. Confess to God. God, I'm sorry. I've been too much into myself and worrying and stressing and not going about ministry like I know I should. Because of me. Because of me. We are our biggest hindrance. But we're going to get past that tonight. If you expect to recover the cutting edge. Now, if you're just happy signing on and just clapping and every now and then and saying amen once every month and then sleeping two Sundays out, if you're satisfied doing that, God bless you. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to some folk that know that I, I can't continue where I am right now. Okay? All right. I don't want to start preaching, but uh, we need we need to confess it. All right, then not only that, let's look at number three so we can get through this tonight. After after he confessed, now there's there must be comprehension. All right, look at here. One of the reasons this man is so upset is because the axe head, watch this, did not even belong to him. That's probably the first thing that came to his mind besides losing the axe head. He comprehended. He said, oh my God, this axe don't even belong to me. He had borrowed it from someone in order to be able to help build the building. Now, now I need you to understand losing an axe head may not seem that big of a deal to us because we could just ride to the hardware store, get another one and and, 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 and put it on real quick. But back in biblical times, <laughs> iron was very scarce. It was in short supply. All right. Uh, that's illustrated in 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter, verse 22. And he knew that because he had bought it, he was going to have to replace it. But now where am I going to get iron from? OK. And, and, and so the fact that a person would lend this man a tool of such value was a sign that the owner of the axe head trusted this young prophet. He trusted him. All right. And and, and this young prophet. Uh oh, this is going to be good here now. This young prophet did not want to violate that trust. We live in a day and a time now, people almost could care less. 
He didn't want to violate that trust. Okay? So so, so the, the, that's one of the reasons he became so upset. Look at the next point. I think the lesson for the church is crystal clear. When we are working for the Lord as we should, we are operating with bald power. <laughs> it don't belong to you. The power to serve the Lord does not come from within our human nature, but it comes from the Lord above. Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost have come upon you. And so we need to be especially careful with the power that has been entrusted to us. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't know. And that, 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 that's just common sense. If you don't use something, come on. You can buy a car, a brand new car, 2021. Park it in the garage. Go out there in 2022 and try to crank it up. It ain't going to start. If you don't drive it, guess what? It ain't going to ride correctly. Same way it is with the power. If you don't, if you don't use the power, you lose the power. So we got to be very, very careful with the power that God has entrusted us with. May we never take it for granted. Don't ever take it for granted. May we never come to the place where we act as though nothing can take away our power or the power from us. Honey, if you don't hear from nobody else, you can lose it. And God help us to never violate his trust. Because just as surely as the Lord gives his power, he can retract it again. Look at the next point. If we're going to serve the Lord and see eternal results from our service, we must accept the fact that we are unable to do the work within ourselves. We need power from above. We need ball power. All right, we need the power. So so he 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 had to comprehend Okay, there was a lot going on in his mind. <laughs> he was frustrated. He was upset. Well, what's the next thing we have to do, according to the text? It involves coming back. Look at the first point. As soon as he as Elijah heard about the problem, he called the prophet back to the place where the axe head was lost. Uh-oh. Sometimes you got to go back. Before it could be recovered, they had to go to the place where it had been lost. It went into the Jordan. Wasn't no need of him going to another river looking for it. <laughs> okay. He had to come back to the Jordan. 
Look at the next point. Look at the next point. Consequently, it is in the spiritual arena as well. Before we can recover the power of God in our lives and in our church, we must return to that place where we lost the power. That is, let me help y'all. <laughs> let me help y'all. I don't want you to say, oh, I lost my power in the barn. No, don't go back to the barn. It ain't there. <laughs> that is, watch this. We must uncover the reason why the power has been forfeited. There you go. That's going back, coming back. We have to uncover the reason why the power has been forfeited. Is it because of some sin that has been committed? Is it because our priorities have become misplaced? Is it because we are guilty of trusting the arm of the flesh instead of the power of the Holy Ghost? Where did we lose the power? Okay, have to come back. Okay, have to come back. Then the next point, if we were honest this evening, if we were honest this evening, we we could all pinpoint areas of our lives that stand between us and our having the glorious power of God on our lives. I didn't say you weren't saved. That ain't, I, I didn't say that. I'm talking about the power. I, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost power. I'm talking about power to speak to the enemy. I'm talking about power to tell the devil no, to rebuke the devil. Power to lay hands on yourself. Come on here, somebody. What we need to do is to backtrack and discover where we wandered off course. We need to go back to that point and make a, make a course correction. <laughs> and when we do, we can prepare for the glory to be returned. I don't know about you all, but I want the glory to be returned. I want the presence of the Lord to return back into the church. I'm talking about to the point to where sick bodies are healed. People are delivered and set free. Come on here, somebody. Where we could just speak the word and depression has to go. Confusion has to go. Come on here. Anybody want to see God work like that? Or was it just me? I'm not just talking. Come on. We're able to pray over our children. And the Holy Ghost be working on them while they sleep. Come on here. But when we lose our cutting edge, we be praying. And sometimes the devil be laughing at us. The devil be saying, why don't you just be quiet and turn off and go sleep? Ain't no power in what you're doing and what you're saying. No, we got to recover. We have to recover. The only way to recover is we, we got to come back. We got to go back. We got to go back. We got to go back. I think we got, we've gone too far. We, we're trying to keep up. Come on here. We're trying to let society dictate to us. I heard someone preacher saying, a real prominent preacher, I was in a meeting. 
and said, I don't know whether you pastors see it or not, but society is dictating to us the way the church is going to have to go. And I thought to myself, the devil is a liar. This world will not dictate to me how the church is supposed to go. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. God is the one that establishes his church, not society. Okay, so we're going to have to go back. Okay, go back. That man had to go back to the River Jordan in order to have the, the axe head restored. And so then not only that, but the next point, it, it involves confrontation. It involves confrontation. Elijah's respond to the situation is, watch this, cut down a tree and cast it into the river. And then when you read the story, when he does, the axe head floats to the surface. A miracle occurs when human means are abandoned and divine help is sought. We'll say it again. Miracles occurs when human means are abandoned and divine help is sought. When we come to the place where we acknowledge the loss of the cutting edge, there's only one way to get it back. There must be a confrontation with the divine. Huh. There must be. You're going to have a confrontation with the devil as well. <laughs> Because the devil going to try to keep you as long as he can. And what I mean by the devil keeping you, I mean he want to keep you distracted. He want to keep us uh, unbalanced. He want to keep us doubting. He want to keep us uh, 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 focusing on our uh, insufficiencies. He want to keep us looking at other people and saying, I can't do it like this other person can do it. No, you got to have a confrontation. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a confrontation with him. Okay, and when I speak that there must be a confrontation with the divine, first, there must be a tree involved. <laughs> he Notice what he says. He says, go cut down a tree. A tree had to be involved. Well, guess what? The tree I'm referring to is the cross of Jesus. When we get serious about dealing with our sins and shortcomings and insufficiencies, the Lord will respond with forgiveness and restoration. <clears throat> Somebody say hallelujah. He will respond. First John 1 and 9, write it down. Memorize that scripture. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all 
unrighteousness. He'll do it. And then something else has to be involved. There must be a total abandonment of all human agency and power. You got to take yourself completely out of the picture. Because notice something, trusting a stick to make an axe head float sounds crazy. But it worked. He threw a stick in the water. (laughs) For us to stop trying to do the work of the Lord, to just step back, place it all in his hands, trust him. Sometimes, come on, let's admit, it can be completely difficult. Come on, let's be honest. Some of y'all looking like, oh, no, I just put everything in his hand and I just leave it alone. No, you don't. You might put it in his hand, but then you go find him and get it back out of his hand. Sometimes that could be difficult. Sometimes we want to handle things on our own. Sometimes it looks like God moving too slow. Come on here. But no, put it in his hand. Because you know what? He is the only solution. He is the only way. And he'll work it out in his time. Look at the next point. One of the primary steps in recovering the cutting edge of power in the church is to return to God's altar. We got to get back to the altar. We got to return to the altar. Because I believe when the church deals with her sin, And the way between us and the Lord is clear of all the obstructions. We can count on the return of his power and glory in the the house of God. You know, the church house, and I ain't just talking about St. Luke, I'm talking about just church period. So much has been allowed into the church. So much has been allowed in the church. A lot of people feel we got to allow it so that, you know, the church can grow, so people can come in. We just allow so much stuff. He said, no, my house is a house of what? Prayer. Okay. He he put the folk out the temple. So he wasn't excited about crowds. Okay. They they, they were desecrating his house. Because he said, my house is a house of prayer. So not only does it, 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 it involves confrontation, but then it involves commitment. It involves commitment. Look at here. The last thing this young man did, the prophet did, the young prophet did, was to reach down and take the axe head in his hand. It don't matter how much that axe head had floated. It don't matter about Elijah being able to get the axe head out of the water. It was still something that this young man had to do. He had to take it. And he he committed to receiving by faith that which the Lord had done. This may be the end of the story as far as the biblical record is concerned. But we can be sure of what happened next. 
<laughs> Come on, this young man firmly reattached the axe head to the handle and went back to work chopping down trees. He had recovered the cutting edge and was able to do what was needed to be done. There had been some of us, we'd have put that axe head back on and said, forget the dormitory, forget every profit. I'm taking this thing back to its owner. You guys know that's what we would have done. <laughs> but watch this. He understood there was work to be done. He understood there was work to be done. And if I could use my spiritual imagination, <clears throat> I'm quite sure he got to chopping again because he said what? If it falls off again, if God did it before, I know he'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. If he caused it to float the first time, he'll cause it to float the second and the third and the fourth time. And that's the attitude we have to have. Make a commitment. It may not go the way you want it to go the first time you do it, but I'm committed. My God. God, I'm committed. It involves commitment. Look at the next point. God has power available for those who will pay the price for it and who will reach out and take it by faith. When we come to the place where we are tired of the same old, same old and are willing to handle our loss of the cutting edge in God's manner, he will give us back the power to do his work. And he'll give us the power to do his work his way, not our way. Come on. But I need y'all to understand that it's not for the faint hearted. And it's not. It's for the faith hearted alone. Those that walk by faith. Those that trust God. Those that believe God. Those that know that God can. Know that God will. And then look at the next point. It's a question. How committed are we? to the ideal of experiencing God's manifest presence and power in the church. How committed are we? Our level of commitment will be revealed by what we are willing to do to see it become a reality. We don't need, a, we don't need no more talkers. Anybody can talk. <clears throat> We don't need no more suggestions. Anybody can give suggestions. Come on, I need y'all to follow me here. Come on. It's easier said than done. How committed are we to see the power of God work? To see souls saved and delivered? How committed are we? Watch this to go outside of the four walls of the church. We can't get some folk to even sign on. <laughs> Let alone going out. But guess what? God don't need a whole lot of people. He just need committed people. What did he tell Gideon? He said, Gideon, you got too many. <laughs> you have too many. And the reason God had to tell Gideon that he had too many is because 
He didn't want, after, after he gave them the victory, he didn't want them to think that they did it in their own might. So I'll strip your numbers down, but yet I'll still accomplish what needs to be accomplished. And so it involves commitment. May we commit to the Lord. And if we've lost our cutting edge, and you know what? Only you know. It ain't up to me to try to point out. You know. You know whether or not you are where you're supposed to be in God. You know whether or not you've been obedient to God. You know what God has dropped in your spirit. But you ain't had time to entertain what God has dropped in your spirit. You know. But here it is right here tonight. In my closing, here it is right here tonight. That we can recover the power. We can be effective in what we do. But it's going to take all of these steps. It's going to involve concern. You got to be concerned about where you are in God. You can't be complacent. The status quo must change. It involves being concerned. Then it involves confession. You have to confess it. Confess it to the Lord. Admit it. He already knows. Admit it. Then it's going to involve comprehension. Think the thing out. Think it through. Think it out. <laughs> Come on here. Think it out. Comprehension to the fact that I understand that this power don't belong to me. That you didn't just give it to me. Think it out. You didn't just give it to me just for me. Think it out. Come on. You, you, you expect me to use the power that you've given to me. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. That what? Here you go. Acts 1 and 8 again. That ye may be witnesses. Come on. He ain't, we ain't even talking about casting out devils right now. Because I'm going to tell you this. If you can't witness for the Lord, you can't cast no devils out. Uh-oh. Because the primary purpose of the power was to make us effective witnesses. Then we must come back. Go back to where you lost and tell the Lord. What has caused me to lose it? What has caused me to lose it? And then you have to have going to be a little confrontation because the devil wants us to settle just to settle. Devil don't care nothing about us signing on. He don't care nothing about us singing. He don't care nothing about us preaching as long as that's all we do and sign off. And then go back to what we were doing before we signed on. He don't care. But when we start going after his kingdom, when we start taking his followers from him and they become followers of Jesus, that upsets him. There's going to be some confrontation. All right. God, if you gave me the power, I know you will also, that same power will sustain me and help me through any conflict. He said, if you hold your peace, the Lord will fight your battle. And then it involves commitment. 
It is my prayer that we would recommit ourselves to the Lord. Recommit ourselves to the service of the Lord. This, this, this nine, ten months of the pandemic was not a time of retreat. It was not vacation time. <laughs> it wasn't vacation time. Okay. So where, where, where is, where is, where is the cutting edge this evening? For some folk, it's at the bottom of the river. And it seemed like it's totally out of our reach and beyond our ability to recover it. But I want you all to know tonight, we can get it back. We can get it back. If we take the steps, we can get it back. The question is, are you willing? But guess what? It all starts with one step. Don't try to skip over step one, two, and three and jump all the way to step 10. Just one step. One step at a time. And you know what? God will bless us. God will strengthen us. God will empower us. And we can get the cutting edge back. I know we want to do it. I know we want to be involved. I know we want to contribute. I know we want to be a part of. But I don't want to just swing with a stick. I want I want something at the end of that stick. Because when I swing, I want to see the tree. I want to see that tree come down. And so tonight, tonight, <clears throat> let's get the cutting edge back. Let's 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 re let's pre re prioritize. Huh? Let's let's dig deeper into the word of God. Let's let let God use us. Let's get out of our let's get out of self. And let's say, God, any way you want to use me, use me in your service. He might not want to use you as the Bible discovery teacher. He might not want to use you to, to, to sing a solo. But God, any way that you desire to use me, God use me. Anybody have anything they want to say about this lesson tonight? Anybody have anything to say about this lesson? Anybody? Yes, Pastor. All right, I'm listening. It was a good message, Pastor. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. 